Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Detroit Rendezvous. Today, I am joined by Imanos alongside Black Caviar. Hi, guys. How are you today? Hello. How's it going? Doing well. Hey, thank Doing you well. for having us. Of course, of course. Thanks for joining us. Um, so as some of our fans may know, we have started this podcast as a way to chat with the artists who release with us. Um, this Friday, we have a very exciting release to kickstart 2021. Uh, the song is called Hometown, and it is a collaboration that has taken, I would say, a little over a year to come to fruition. So we are very excited to share it with the world. And I am extremely excited to have Black Caviar join us today as I have been fans of their work for many, many years. And to release a song like Hometown with them alongside Amanos is a true dream. So today we're going to just go through a few questions, see uh, you know, what producing styles you guys work with, what inspired the records, you know, things you miss about playing live since we're living in a COVID world right now, um, a typical day in the studio and things like that. Um, and so I will just go ahead and get started. Um, this question goes first to Black Caviar um, that's made up by Jared and Troy. Um, either one of you can answer this one, but I'm interested in knowing what got you guys into producing. Uh, well, we, we, we come from um, it, uh, an area back in Pennsylvania where, the, you know, there was a pretty good thriving music scene and, and Jared and I um, grew up in the, in the punk and hardcore music scene. So I think, you know, it really kind of started from our love of playing shows, you know, whether it be in, you know, like, uh, you know, a VFW hall or even like friends garages and um, then just going and, and, and still creating music and then, you know, getting in bands that that, uh, you know, toured. And but, you know, it really kind of stems from, you know, just uh, being in a music scene. Luckily, that was thriving when we were growing up. And then, um, you know, when things, you know, you get older and it's it's harder to form a band you know, and harder to get, you know, three or four guys together in a room, it's easier to collaborate on a computer. And uh, that's really kind of how it, it really kind of began for us. Um, so do you guys play instruments alongside producing? Yeah, I, I play, I kind of got into music being a drummer. Um, I was a drummer for like 20 years. Awesome. And I kind of picked up the computer kind of halfway through that. A lot of it happened on tour just you know you have all day you're sitting around and i was in a band that used backing tracks and I, so i started to learn from the guys that were kind of running that side of things um started using ableton and then just from there you know it, like most people i think it's, it becomes an addiction of like at video games or anything else where you just get super into it sure and i feel that gives a lot of producers an edge when they do come from you know more um professional music background um playing an instrument because it grows their ear in a way that, you know, a modern day producer that does just learn on free loops or Ableton or what have you, um, you know, it gives you guys an, a more of an insight into music theory and everything that goes into building out a track. Totally. No, yeah, it's definitely helpful. I will say, though, it's kind of cool to hear on the other side, too. I think it gives them a different edge of stuff that I think I might listen to music differently sometimes than somebody that doesn't play an instrument. And sometimes yeah. I'm like really delighted to hear a totally different twist from like a non-instrumental person, you know? Yeah. And that's why collaborations are so fun. You yeah. Know? Especially the younger generation now um, it is all 
you know, based within the media space. So, you know, you're inspired by them and then you guys can bring something to the table. I know Imanos uh, growing up played the sax. So, uh, you know, oh, nice. his ear is, uh, is drawn towards those sounds. But when he got inspired, and I'll let him talk more about this, when he got started, it was all about drum patterns. Um, yeah. James, if you want to discuss that a bit. Yes. So I'm just touching upon what you said, Jared. It's so true because I find that a lot of producers who don't have a strong like band or instrument background, they're really good with um, drums and rhythm. And I have a music background where I played sax growing up and in marching bands. Very cool, I know. But uh, <laughs> same, same here. <laughs> like the thing I've noticed is a lot of producers I met from Europe. They they're like, now nah, I just taught myself. FL Studio, and they come up with, I'd say, it's less melodic, but it's cool rhythm, and it's stuff, like, especially a lot of Dutch producers, they just learn from sitting on uh, Ableton or FL Studio or whatever for hours upon hours on end, watching tutorials and sort of self-teaching, and they just have such a different outlook and the way they work. It's just fascinating to me. So my background, I kind of had like sort of a jazzy background and then I, I was really a big hip hop fan. So I was kind of just um, recreating how I started off was just recreating productions that I heard. Like I would download Neptune samples or Kanye West drums and just try to remake like gold digger or whatever and try to like find the sample, make the drums again. And that's how I sort of self-taught myself and from there, but yeah, it's, it's wild. I think a lot of young producers now aren't like in bands or playing instruments and they're just learning from uh, the workstation. And it's, it's like a, a different twist, isn't it? So I'm always yeah. interested to see how they, how, how they work. I guess this is a good transition and brings me to my next point of, you know, do you guys, and this goes to all three of you, do you guys have a process when it comes to building out a record you know, is there something that comes first? Do you focus on the hook or is it more about building out the drums first? Um, or is it different every time? I mean, I'm sure that, you know, it's not a one size fits all, but I'm curious to know, you know, when you are sitting down at the computer and you have that demo and you have that top line, um, what comes first and how does it, how does it come to be a full track? I know for, for, for Troy and I, I'll let him take this one, but he, he's always a, he's, he's has a tagline. So let's get those drums rocking. Let's get that drum and bass rocking. Like we tend to, Gosh. I feel like when we start a song, we actually like usually mute the vocals for a while and just get oh, nice. going, you know, especially if it's going to be something more housey, you know, sure. fancy. Um, what'd you yeah, say? Troy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, there's, there's, you know, two different, you know, two different kind of styles where, you know, if you're doing more of a club track, you know, the, the, the words and the lyrically what's happening is, is uh, almost secondary to the rhythm and the baseline and, you know, where the drums are hitting Um, where, you know, some of the other songs like that we're doing more now, you know, it really, the hook has to be there, something strong. And then uh, once you have something that's pretty solid vocally, you know, then it's, it's like, okay, the, to me, you know, the next important part of th- is the rhythm and 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 where the groove is and and how does it feel and then making that lock in with the vocal. Um, but you know, the, it, there's every song; it really is kind of different. Um, 
But for the most part, I mean, that's, you know, if it's a club track, it's more so the the music. And if it's if it's like, you know, just a more of a song like Hometown, you know, when we heard, first heard the 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 song, the vocal, like we just loved yeah. it. You know, and it was just yeah. immediately like and when the vocal is that good, the music just comes together so easy, you know? I agree. And totally. do you guys yeah. have like a process when picking top lines? Like you said, when you heard Hometown, something just clicked. Is it is it very much that for you guys? You know, it has to speak to you. It's like what I like to call the goosebump moment where, you know, you can listen to a million songs, but if one just sticks out, that's the one that you're going to be working on. Or is there a process that you go through when sifting through these demos that are sent? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something has to really kind of stand out to us as like a little bit different, you know, mm-hmm. a, a different enough where, you know, so, you know, th- there's a lot, there's so much that just sounds exactly the same, like the same Especially kind now. of vocal, same sure. kind of delivery. And, uh, you know, like we just, it just, that doesn't move us. That doesn't get us excited. So there has to be something magical within the vocal or lyrically or, you know, the, the tonality of the vocal or, you know, something that really kind of jumps out at us is like, Ooh, this is, this is different. Okay. Let's, let's, let's head in this direction. Yeah, definitely. It takes me a couple of days sometimes. Cause it's, it's something that I might hear and maybe I don't even care the first time. Cause it's one song in a 20 song playlist. And you're like, yeah. okay. And then maybe that next morning I might be humming one of them, you know? Yes. Like, oh, oh, wait, yeah. What was that? Yeah. I love that though. I feel like I'm the same way too. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Jared. No, no, go ahead. That was it. it. No. Yeah. Like, you know, if I hear a vocal, I've had moments where instantly I'm like, wait, this is, this is something I need this or, and then other times where there's like growers where you'll listen to it once you're like, okay, cool. And then like you said, a, a day goes by and you're, you're like, what, what, what am I, what am I humming right now? What, what is this tune? How, I don't remember this. And you're like, oh, right. Okay. Let's, let's revisit that. But yeah, yeah it, for me, I'm always, I'm, I have to be captivated by the vocal, whether it's interesting songwriting or it's just a, a, a recording that really you're like, right, I can, I can do something with this. I hear there's like a strong hook or a powerful verse and maybe you have ideas to chop or edit or whatever. So for me, it's all about the vocal and the recording and the songwriting and then, and then I can like go from there and, you know, drums and everything else comes, but I, I need to, I need to hear something that gets me moving. And with hometown, I mean, the original um, demo was Karen Harding, who I've worked with before, who, I mean, to me, she sounds like kind of like Whitney Houston and she has yeah. like such a, like you, powerful like a voice. powerful, strong voice. She just captivates you. So yeah. hometown with that vocal, I think, Karen is just one of the, the I'd say like an underrated talent for how good she is. So and when then I heard that one, she sells uh, Victoria recut it for us, who is, you know, an amazing emerging singer songwriter from Sweden, who I absolutely love. Um, and I like that she was able to also recreate it and reimagine it rather than, you know, recut it just like Karen would. Um, I take my hat off to artists who can do that as well. Um, and I'm so excited for everyone to be able to hear, you know, where it, where it landed. Um, and this is, this is a, a question that is going to morph and change as we dive deeper into the year. Um, but, you know, what with quarantine and COVID and us all kind of, you know, being stuck in place and maybe even going back to our roots as far as leaving the city, um, 
what is a typical day in the studio for you guys? I'm sure that this question would be very different back in the day when we were all, you know, collaborating and having, you know, these, uh, these out of uh, house studio sessions. But now that we're all home, what is that like? Walk us through that. Well, you know, for us, for Black Caviar, um, you know, it, uh, the, the lockdown uh, was almost kind of like a blessing um, just because, you know, we, 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 were, we were sort of forced to develop a new style of songwriting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had never worked on Zoom before. Um, it was always kind of like Jared and I would get together and, you know, we would, we'd, we'd, he'd come over to my place, you know, and we'd smoke a bowl and, and, and dive into a session. And, and, uh, you know, now it's, it's, you know, at, you know, a certain time of the day, you know, like you get up, you do your morning routine, you do your, you know, I do yoga every day and then log on to Zoom and, and make music, you know, and it, it's, it's such a, it, in, in the comfort of my home studio and Jared's in the comfort of his home studio, um, so it's really, it's, it's such an interesting way to write music. And I, I, for us, um, I think it's better, you know, where if we're not feeling it one day, we didn't have to drive, you know, all the way over to the other person's house or we can just log off and be like, Hey man, let's not do it today. Or, uh, you know, maybe later on we'll jump on and work on something, you know? So, uh, yeah. It doesn't feel as forced. I know that Amanos used to have difficulty with that when we'd set up sessions in LA and, you know, you'd kind of be in that room and almost feel like, right, well, something has to come out of this. You right. know, we created all this time to it. And in a way that takes sometimes the magic out of a moment. If everyone in that room is thinking, right, I must make a hit today, you know, cause let's <laughs> be honest, I don't think any hits have ever been made under pressure. Right. Well, no, you know, I, and, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Jer. Sorry. No, uh, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, in, in L.A., basically, a lot of the sessions were like blind dates almost. You know, you, you, you just get set up and you go there and you're tra- traveling and you, you, you don't know the person. You've never worked with them. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure if it's if it's someone, say, your publisher or your a and like, you really got to get in the studio with them. And then you're there. And you're like, hey, nice to meet you. And then if you don't vibe and nothing comes of it, you know, that that's that's tough. So I feel like yeah. right now the time we're in where you can work on Zoom or online, um, there's a bit less uh like you said, there's less weight on it. You can you can come back tomorrow and no one feels like they lost anything. So I feel like it's a more relaxed and casual experience given back to the artists, you know, and I love that, you know, you guys are in control of who you want to collaborate with when you want to collaborate with them. And I think that, and this isn't to paint a wide brush um, over the music industry, but I do think a lot of producers are introverted. So, you know, giving them the opportunity to, you know, produce inside the comfort of their own home with people they want to work with. I think we're going to see a lot more music, with heart come out this year. Um, and that's just a silver lining that I'm looking at out of all of this crazy that we're living in right now. Yeah, I really agree. I, I, I struggled a long time with getting into a room with people I didn't know. Um, and to, to this day, like we, when we do it, I, I feel like I'm still only at like a 70%, you know, sure. like I'm just, I'm a little, a little tense, a little sweaty. I'm a little like uh, stuttering <laughs> a little bit. And it, that, it really is nice it does zoom really does take that out of it. Um, and also just, just a normal fundamental, like geographical thing. Like I used to live a New York hour from, from Troy, 
you know, I yeah. go to a train, then get on a different train. And then, so it's, you know, sometimes it'd be an hour and a half and into my work day and nothing would even gotten done yet. We just, I got, I just got there. Yeah. So, yeah. You're taking that commute out of it where also a lot of magic can fade, right? You're in your head, you're, you know, going over the day-to-day routine. So now if you can just sit at your computer, log on and, and, and get started, I think that the snowball effect will take place. For sure. I mean, look, there's, I think I'm looking forward to being in a room with people for sure. But I think when, when COVID's over, and we get back to some normalcy, I think it will probably be a mixed bag. Like I still think Zoom yeah, stuff will right. happen. It's cheaper. You don't have to get on a plane. Like I think it's going to be, I think maybe to finish a song, mixing, stuff like that still isn't great over Zoom. But for songwriting, it's just, it's really changed the game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, it will be great to hear about some collaborations that, you know, have really stuck with you guys um, as well as, you know, future and dream collaborations, you know, so to date, I know Black Caviar, you've had some amazing success, um, but I'd like to hear, you know, what has been your favorite collaboration? And if you were to be able to collaborate with someone, say a dream collaboration, who would that be with? And then I'll, I'll take that question over to Amanos. Good, Troy. That's <laughs> oh, up to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we, we don't, typically do a lot of collaborations. I'm not quite sure why. Um, you know, it, it's something, uh, the collaborations we have done, we really love a lot. Uh, you know, hometown obviously being one of them. Uh, we did a, a collab with, um, jaded, uh, from the UK and the song we did with them was a song called slipping. That was, we really love a lot. Super and then last year, thanks. And then, yeah, we did a song too with, uh, cream, um, and, uh, we love we, cream. yeah, I mean, they're amazing. Um, so the song we did with them, we really love a lot. Um, you know, I, I think as far as like dream collaborations, I'm not quite sure, you know, probably, you know, I, I, I love stepping out of sort of the, the normal, like kind of who you think, I mean, you know, like collaborating with like, you know, I'm trying to think who, who's. Jared, who would who would be like our dream collaboration? Just that's why I passed it off to you. I'm sitting over here trying to think who I really want to get in the studio with right now. Man, you know, I mean, just for like a, a like a pure nostalgic sake of growing up, um, you know, I, I would love to collaborate with you know the two remaining Beastie Boys. You know, I think well, uh, D would be you know doing a, a you know kind of like a throwback track with them i would i think would sound really cool um uh yeah you know it's it's hard to it's it's one for me i think troy and i've talked about a lot is timbaland just mostly, oh. mostly just to learn how to like make the illest grooves with like the, <laughs> the fewest Dude, sounds ever my hero you know? yeah yeah. My hero. yeah same yeah we love timbaland you know it's, it's timbaland and even like i always i we've always had a dream of like we'd love to make like a house straight house banger with pharrell um, oh me too me too you know with like his style production in house music i i always would love to hear what that sounds like and then maybe we can get ariana for the vocal yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> Pharrell, if you're listening. I met Timbaland in the studio. Really? Oh, he came, man, he came to crazy. one of my sessions. It was wild. So, did he, How did you do it? Get anything done? I would just be so afraid to like 
do anything in front of them. <laughs> so it was, it, it was wild. So, um, they, they were having a bunch of like writing camps for Rihanna's anti album at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got invited to one of them. So I was in the session and we, we had done this song that kind of, the beat was really inspired by Timbaland. Actually, it, like the, it had these stick loops and it was literally like, I'm not going to say a bite of, of Timbaland, but it was very heavily inspired by like Missy Elliott type of records that Timbaland was doing. And um, this girl that ended up having a song on the Rihanna album and this other writer wrote to it and they wrote a pretty dope record. It was, it was kind of like a clubby pop bitch better have my money, uh, pour it up type of Rihanna record. And we had been working on it all day. Rihanna's manager comes and it's, it's kind of late now, you know, and he, he listens to it and he's like, are you guys going to be here for longer? And we were like, well, why? Like, yeah, if you, if there's, if you need us to, he's like, hold on, I'm coming back with Tim. And, and oh, we were shit. like, what? What does he mean by that? And maybe 20 minutes or half an hour goes by and he comes through and I can, we, he, he comes with Timbaland in this, he has one of these cars where, you know, the seats open like vertically, uh, and and, <laughs> and Timbaland comes in the studio and he's like, yo, play the record for Timbaland. And I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know if I want to do that. Like, oh. you know, you feel weird. You're like, all right, all right, sure. Cause he we played it for him like seven times before he had left. And Timbaland's vibing out with it. He loved it. And he's like, this is sick. And and he and I'm like, yo, man, I just kind of tried to do something like you. And he's like, oh, okay. He was a really nice guy, and he actually gave us like a little bit of a private concert, and like played us <laughs> some of his records. And 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 it was trippy. It was it was really surreal. And he was just doing like his hand movements and everything, and it was it was wild. And then like I played him, I played him some other records, and he was just he was just a great guy. So definitely one of the coolest studio moments over. of all time. That's one of those Pardon moments. Me? look forward to when uh covid's over and you're back in the studio yeah 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 that, that was the, the, one happen. of the one of the cooler things about living in la is you just don't know who's going to show up to the studio at any given time if you're at a nice studio in the next room there could be anybody there you know so yeah that was that was one of the cooler things about the the pre-covid world is just peeping into the other studios being like oh who's there today so and something to look forward to. Yeah, after all but I, this is over. I I've got to say I'm with you guys on the uh, the dream collaborators it would probably be Timbaland, Pharrell. I mean, modern day, I kind of like um, I kind of like Ty Dolla Sign. I think he's a really good writer. I think that would be really interesting to work with him. Um, we I love really like, Ty Dolla Sign. What a talent! Yeah, on, on like the on the house side, I kind of like. Um, I like Elderbrook and his vocal and his style. And like, I'd love to try to write something for Elderbrook or work with him one day. And um, obviously I'd love to work with Chami. I, I mean, I think you guys have released on his label, right? On yeah. Confessions. Yeah. yeah so yeah, we- Chami would be, a yeah. He's, he's a really nice guy. I met him before. And so I, I love what he did on Lady Gaga's album. And I just think he's a super talent. So that would be in the house world. Probably I'd love to work with Chami or like Elderbrook and then like just overall probably Pharrell. 
Love that. And that's why you guys collaborated, right? Because you both or all three of you have very similar ears and obviously have been inspired by very similar artists. Um, Really interesting to hear about that. And thanks for sharing that little antidote, James. Um, I guess one of my final questions, and I love, love this one, um, just because it's really uh, interesting to get a feel for everyone's insight on this. But if you were to be stranded on a desert island, what would be the one record you would take with you? And by record, I mean album. We don't have to go just single here. For me, I'll kickstart it. It would be um, In Rainbows by Radiohead, just because that album inspired so much of like my youth, my angsty youth. And then, you know, I think it's got some incredible dance elements to it. And then Tom York just in general is is my hero. Um, but I'd love to hear from you guys, like, you know, if you were, and let's say trapped in quarantine, you only had one record that you could listen to over and over again, what would it be? Oh boy. <laughs> I know, this is a head scratcher. It's such a hard question, but I love hearing people's answers. I, I get, I'm going to give you a, ah, oh, man, I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to give you a generic answer, but it's an honest answer. There's no wrong answers. Because because I'd love to give you something that's like, you know, uh, you know, something out there. But I'd probably say if I had one album, I, I would probably take the Beatles' White Album. Oh, my God. Uh, such no a way, good no answer. Such a good answer. You know, I love. just because it's, it, it's, there's, there's, it's so, there's so much, um, in 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 that album of different feelings and different music styles sure. and chaos and beautiful and sad and uh it's just this roller coaster of of music emotion and uh sure Troy I'm so with you on that that's definitely number 2 for me yeah so, and, so and I'm are, Arguably the the best Beatles record, uh, you know, they were very kind of fragmented as a band at the at the time and kind of showing, you know, flexing their egos. Um, yeah. But you know, the, it just it's it's brilliant start to finish. So yeah, Beatles White Album is mine. I might have to listen to that after we're done recording. Actually, I think that's a real good idea. I think that's what I'm going to do tonight. Yeah, Jared, what about you? Okay, see my and this is I do have a couple. I'm just embarrassed about them. Don't be embarrassed. <laughs> like I'm just, I was just going through right now of like what stuff. Like I have a playlist on Spotify that's called Funeral, and it's like, what are my lifetime songs? Like if I would yeah. suddenly die, then somebody had my phone. Yes. There's a playlist for you, and there's a lot of Band of Horses on it, and that's like oh, a band. Wow, nice. I would think, and you know what? Like I, I'm, I'm totally with you on Radiohead. Um, Kid A would have been my album, but like. Just oh, a little darker. Okay, nice. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I think when I'm alone and I stuff I can continually listen to is more sadder stuff. I don't know why, yeah. but I, yeah. but like I I, mean, it gives you more emotion, right? It plays on more of your, you know, I think like deeper thoughts than happy music, and also I, sad music can make you happy. Yeah, and sometimes it's good. It's like therapy. It kind of lets lets you know some emotions. Totally. When you're, it's over. It's like all right, let's go have fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great answer. James, what about you, Amanis? So it was so funny you said White Album because I was thinking maybe Abbey Road, you know, like it starts with mm. Come Together. So, and then you got Octopus Garden, and you got the B side with what's Here Comes the Sun, Harrison. So I'd, I'd probably go, 
it's it's close. It's good. It's got to be the Beatles, but probably maybe Abbey Road, maybe White Album. I think something from them. Yeah. Yeah. Solid choice. It's wild to hear like, you know, your dream collaborators lean more within the producer hip hop space, but then your Desert Island records lean within the more rock like Jared and Troy's roots um, space and, you know, alternative space. I love that. And I think that's what makes all three of you such versatile artists um, and, and why your discography as, as you know, a group um, is so broad, you know, from James's revolution to now hometown to, uh, you know, your guys's danger record and to hometown. Now, I think it's just, um, it's just really impressive to see as someone who doesn't play an instrument, doesn't produce, um, but can just represent your music. It, uh, it really inspires me. And I'm just so grateful that I've been able to give you guys, you know, the, the out, the place to put this out and, you know, be that platform, and so, you know, thank you again for joining us, for taking the time, for putting in the work and, and making um, Hometown a really special record that I think, you know, is really going to resonate with a lot of people and hopefully set the tone for 2021. Right on. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, appreciate, you know, everything you've done. And, and, and uh, we're, we're super excited for the record. Uh, we are... Uh, just can't wait to get it out there and, and, and hear what people think about it. So very excited. Yeah, same here. So it's this Friday, January 8th, hometown with Amanos and Black Caviar. Again, this is Detroit Rendezvous, episode two. We look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode and uh, learning more and showing you more about everything that goes on behind the scenes when it comes to the amazing artists that we collaborate with. Thank you guys for joining us and uh, stay safe and healthy. And um, hopefully we get to work together again soon. Thank you. Likewise. And and it was an incredible uh, opportunity to collaborate with you guys. And I'm really happy with how the record turned out. Same. Really appreciate it, guys. Likewise, man. Thank you very much.